0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Sports Injury Central Pro Football Doc podcast. It is Combine Week here. We've got uh, Jacob here, Taylor, Justin's is hiding in the background. Um, Our main man, Doug, is in Australia. Um, That's where he's from. But we're here working away, and no, I did not make it to Combine. I will say, Doc, I'm surprised we have you. You didn't want to make trip out to Indy? You know what? Part of it is it was too quick of a turnaround from being gone all week for Super Bowl. I didn't even go out that much in Super Bowl, but, you know, it was just too quick of a turnaround. And then baseball season, kids, coaching, softball, the daughter, soccer, that, and it actually snuck up, and and quite honestly, I've been to Combine so many times, 20-plus times. Yeah. When I used to go there, St. Emil's was the only restaurant. That's why it was so special, and it's a nice restaurant. Right? But now there's just so many. It's so big. But also, i got to be honest with you. I felt a little funny about going, because every time, look, when you go, as you know, at Combine's, medical is the issue. And it is high security to get into the medical area like adam schefter and ian Rappaport cannot come close to walking into the medical area nobody can unless you're medically credentialed picture the whole deal and i don't know i, I think i just feel weird about every time i've gone i've been in medical and now i would of course have to be outside and I know enough people I could get a guest pass and help out, but I wouldn't because then there's be too much, you know, remember, we're insider knowledge, not insider information. I would never do that to right. anybody. I guess I could talk to some players there, but whenever I've talked to players, I always make sure I say, if I don't know them already, this is who I am and I'm a former team physician. With is this way if they want to hide their answers and say, I'm not answering, they're free as opposed to I'm asking like a media guy. Yeah. And then I, there's a gotcha moment, you know, I, I don't want to do that. So yeah. I don't know. I felt weird about it, but everyone tells me it's good networking to set the other, but there was so much at the Super Bowl. I yeah. don't know. You know, maybe it's you keep... like you're sniffing around for stuff, anyways. Yeah. And Indy's cold. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, and, and some of the late night bar scene and networking, I'm too tired, too old. <laughs> Nikki Blaine's in the cigar bar and the the, the, the new steak restaurant. I, I don't know. Our guy Evan Silva's there. We'll talk to him next week oh, and, uh, and get his thing. Joe Thomas is there. We're going to get him on. He, he replied to DM. But this week, I have to apologize to everyone, and I'm going to blame Jacob. I told you guys we're going to do guests in the off-season. And uh, apparently this week you're stuck with me as the guest. I guess the theory is since everyone says combines medical, 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 that's what's most important. Maybe interviews are second, but the the workouts, you have film and uh, you're going to have a pro day. So it's less important. Medical, medical, medical. So uh, you guys are stuck with a C-level guest, C-level minus guest this year. Uh, But what we'll do for this quote guest segment, since I've been to 20 combines and whatever, to me it's old hat what happens and how you grade and this, that, the other. But I'm going to quote take a guest role and let Jacob and Taylor ask questions about medical the medical process and what it is look there's been a lot of good stuff out there i think bill parcells was saying this is my grading system and you know sean payton said you know when you're the top half of the first round don't go off of measurables you don't reach and you know and that's all good but medical grades and how we grade them and how it works and how it's changed to I, I think this is what the quote guest segment, so you guys are stuck with me. I apologize.
1: Well, we wanted a guest that uh, that you could talk draft with and go back and forth, but you know, might as well be us because we're uh, we're plugging away on our draft checklist. We're getting you all this this background info on guys' injuries coming in, and
0: yeah, and that's another area we're so. the probably the only ones out there that really are going into draft stuff, right, in terms of injuries, because we have an idea of having quote been in the room when it happened. That right. my little Hamilton quote. So, all right, so. Welcome me as the guest to the podcast, then.
1: Well, welcome, Doc. 20-plus uh, years in indie, Didn't want the shrimp this year, but he's here.
0: Let me tell you something about the shrimp, just so that you know. <laughs> I had to bring it up. I knew I had to. Uh, shrimp cocktails, legendary at St. Elmo's. And, uh, like, everyone's at St. Elmo's. One time uh, I was uh, at St. Elmo's, and uh, I got shushed. Out of a room, there's different rooms, and there's an upstairs <laughs> downstairs. And uh, I was talking to one of the other athletic trainers, one of my buddies, and this, that, the other. And uh, literally, uh, Jeff Fisher came up to us, and says, Do you mind? We're trying to talk about trading draft picks, number one draft picks here, and this, that. The. <laughs> I'm like, jeez, how about hey, we're getting started with dinner? Okay, thanks, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Wow, okay. <laughs> I mean, you didn't need to pull rank in yeah. what you're doing. You just, I mean, if you were just another person having dinner and said, "Hey, we're about to sit down," right? I be, okay, it's time to move I'll get on. The hint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a big deal, but that was a a funny one. But anyways, the shrimp cocktail. I won't say who. But I had a friend, um, medical person, who would bring young fellows or young bucks to help out with the logistics of the combines. And he literally, now, it sounded like a lot more money at the time. Now, with inflation, it's not that much money. He'd give a $100 to someone who could eat the entire shrimp cocktail, including all of the sauce. Oh. And let me tell you, the sauce is hot. And uh, I'm bad at managing my pictures, but literally, I have a picture. You guys ever seen horseradish? Yeah. No. no not, like, not chopped raw up, horseradish? Raw. I don't think so. Big like ginger root looking. I used, to sell, a, I
2: used to sell them in the produce department. Yeah, no, exactly. What you're talking
0: really? About. Okay. Yeah. yeah Huge. Yeah. Th- like you smell it, and you're like, "Whoo!" And they chop that up and grind that in there. Like it is like nuclear. And so he would give someone a hundred no one could finish it right and we'd get laughs out of probably it was hazing that probably probably is illegal (laughs) nowadays yeah it's hazing (laughs) yeah yeah, (laughs) but they're all adults and you know but it it was a superior so yeah yeah, maybe it wasn't me it was this friend i promise it wasn't me (laughs) um but i mean i may have participated and watched a couple of these can't finish the, the horse <laughs> you, you knew the medical effects of trying to consume that much horseradish so <laughs> let me tell you they have this uh, bean soup that's a little bit bland. the secret if you're a re- if if you do this in St. Elmo's you're really in the know. you take some of the horseradish sauce and scoop it into the Navy bean soup. Now actually now that I think of it, the way to win the hundred dollars is Joey chestnut style you know how he washes down with with water dunk it in the bean soup put it in the bean soup I don't think you know and then you could actually probably there you go I'm gonna go next year and I'm gonna I'm gonna win that hundred dollars from my friend no I might have to make it more money before
2: yeah or are you going to do it? keep that, on doing it multiple times right just like going like you're like you you like a pool game you lose the first game come in be like oh i don't know if i can i don't like shrimp really and just like start to push.
0: <laughs> <laughs> taylor the shrimp isn't the problem the yeah. shrimp is the problem <laughs> for you yeah. that's yeah, why that's, you said it because you would that's never touch the shrimp it, yeah <laughs> the yeah. horseradish sauce yeah. is the problem and the craziest thing is the color's red so you think yes. it's innocent right but it is not it is nuclear if the color was like horseradish yellowish color you know right uh, no, it's a natural kind of...
2: red it looks it looks like just a vegetable it doesn't look that uh, menacing
0: and, and let me tell you that uh, uh this is not like on your prime rib some horseradish that i could take like i don't i don't but i could take a spoonful of this like you cannot do i don't know what it is but it's nuclear anyways back we're off the off the rails here Combines. What do you got for me? Questions. That's a big uh
1: obviously a big draft class. Everyone's got eyes on the quarterbacks and wide receivers coming out of it. Last year we it seems like we had uh going through stuff, we had a little more red flags as far as Justin Ross with the neck and N'Kobe Dean not getting surgery for his pec tear, but uh Nolan Smith did get surgery for his pec tear at Georgia. Um the lineman expecting good things from him. He's he can fully re- be recovered by the combine.
0: He's not gonna bench. Right. He, because he can't. You know, do a good effort. Not that he can't bench, but he hasn't been training. But uh, pec tears, nobody cares. It is very lo- uh, yep. okay. Yep. Let, let me let me back up a little bit. The way the combine works is all thirty-two medical staffs are there. I find it curious that some teams aren't sending coaches anymore. I find that very curious. Yeah, the Rams. Well, more than the Rams. Yeah, you know, there's like. A- more people and more every year they're picks, saying there's
2: no, there's no reason to go i would say right just get the information like people don't maybe don't like the stop being, stuff,
0: being you know? a fan taylor <laughs> stop being a fan oh my team doesn't have top pick so we, where is the draft built where are teams built okay so stop worrying about <laughs> the top pick for media and for fans okay i mean you got to understand there's 330 kids there, 325 to 335. And by the way, the combine is technically has nothing to do with the NFL. It's kind of like the pro football hall of fame. Mm-hmm. Technically the pro football hall of fame has nothing to do with the NFL. Now they really do because the NFL works with them. And so right. they're beholden. It's kind of like technically ESPN is not the NFL, but, there's a lot of crossover and synergy right. same here the combines is independent. They listen to the NFL and whatever they want to do and they have committees of people and you know people have seen the schedule and certain number of quarterbacks tight ends if one certain year there's a good tight end crop they may bump it up by a little bit but there's 330 people at the combines. We'll test your math. How many people get drafted?
1: Seven times
0: 30. 32. 32, right? (laughs) So that's, in theory, 224. So only two out of every three people at the Combine even get drafted, which is why I personally find it a little bit strange that some teams don't bring their coaches. Because to me, it's not about – The first round draft pick. I'm sorry. The quarterback coach is going to have squat to say about a number one quarterback. (laughs) They may ask him for politeness, but that decision in the first round is made well above him. But let me tell you something when it comes to free agents, the position coaches have a lot to do with it. When they're drafting, by the time they get to the fourth, fifth, sixth rounds, assistant coaches are working the phones. Hey, buddy, I hope you get drafted. I- I'm lobbying for you to get drafted. You're my guy. I really love you for my defensive backfield. Love for you to come here. There'll be great opportunity for you. So don't despair if you're not drafted. I'll be right on the phone, like recruiting yeah. guys, lining them up, because it's a free for all. Right. And most people would say, you almost would rather be a free agent signing than a seventh round draft pick. Cause then you can pick your team, pick your scheme, pick the personnel, pick your situation. And guess what? When you're a free agent signing, you can get bonus money that it's just what your agent can negotiate. Yeah. And you can create a almost a bidding war.
2: Um, how early can you sign? the players can you or like call them like you know when you see them not being able to be drafted like oh i need you i'm going to call you right after the draft sending like you
0: can call them whenever you want but you can't offer a spot until the draft is over
2: like directly when the draft's done then is when
0: and the way it works is the early guys will get a signing bonus okay and you know hey and they're not huge signing bonuses but carson strong last
1: year got a decent bonus right the nevada quarterback with the knee issues yeah and
0: you know, because there's some competition yeah. and so the agent says he'll come, but he needs X. Right. You know, but you can't do that till the draft is over. So my point is getting back to combines. I'm surprised that teams okay, the top of the draft, I get it. The secondary coach doesn't have anything to say. Right. Look, I've been in the draft rooms. Uh that's part of where I joke about being in the room when it happened. Coaches aren't in the draft room except for the head coach. The coordinators are not in the, quote, war room. Assistant coach is not a chance. They don't even ever walk in there. Now, I've talked about it. I was at the kids' table in the corner, but still, there was only about 10, 12 people in there, at least the the Chargers draft rooms, and most draft rooms are like that. Some have changed to more auditorium style, and maybe you can walk in the back a little bit, but ours was a conference room, a large conference room uh in any case assistant coaches i think have a lot of say regarding the free agents they bring in so why wouldn't you go to combines there's 110 free agents out there it's a meet and greet for the for the free agents that are going to be available pretty much it's not just a meet and greet right, but it's eyes scene, yeah. live as yeah, opposed to film yeah, right you know i, I I I don't get it. I don't get why teams don't want to send their assistant coaches. Now, the prevailing theory is there, you know, there's a lot of networking that goes on and I think some teams don't want that networking to happen and sharing of information. Right. That may be part of it. But let me tell you something, there's sharing in the medical rooms too. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you know, um, but in any case, that's a side topic. Uh, But I am surprised that teams don't send their assistant coaches because they have such a big role at the back end of the drafter and free agency. Right. Doesn't make sense to me.
1: But But getting back to the medical, I want to ask you a question because it always comes up with the trade, uh, trades pending and it's always pending medical. And you've talked about, especially the Carlos Correa situation, it's not black and white, a medical exam. It's not like this guy's going to disintegrate in five years or this guy's going to be fine forever. How's that process going, talking about, Uh, some of the top players like. Okay. Well, well, look,
0: since we're talking about that and we'll keep it in relation to medical since it's your show today, Jacob. So (laughs) I'm just the guest, but medical plays a role, but not always the way that I explain it is we give a medical grade and no offense, but a lot of GMs or coaches or decision makers, you really can't explain a spondylolisthesis thesis to them. They don't. Okay? Want, that's not worth their time to Just give learn me a number. It, yeah. So I say we give a number or a grade, and we had different grades. Uh, at one point, we were A, B, C, D, F. At other points, we were out of three. Then we went out of five. And then I got crazy with. Three plus L <laughs> you know and we can talk about what all that means but basically what they wanted to know was do they have a, a yellow M or a yellow dot or a red dot for medical if it's a red that means don't take them. yellow means you better pause and literally, it was that simple on the little magnets that they had. Now it's computerized and what have you. And so I looked at it as a 40 time. Okay. This guy ran a 4 eight, 40, but if you think he has game speed, draft him. It's a medical downgrade. Right. And so what happens is you have two guys who are graded the same, one runs a 4 5 and one runs a 4 8. You take the guy who runs the 4 5 if they're both graded the same same with medical it's just a, a grade in the end i don't believe on draft day they know this guy had articular cartilage issues and this they don't know they're just looking at the dot and the number you know and so um very else. few someone of the three, very few of the 330 cannot be cleared to play football not to hate on justin ross i felt he was one of them right Okay, based on his multi-level fusions. But it's very rare, because you only get invited to the combines if you've been and have played football and played it well. Right. So to all of a sudden say that you can't. Now, things have changed. I mean, this is how old I am. When when I started going in combines back in the day when, you know, (laughs) dinosaurs roamed the earth, the GMs would say, can this guy play left tackle for 10, 12 years? Tell me his medical. A that, big question. Changed. Yeah. that changed. That <laughs> changed. It's basically, can he get through the first contract? Right. Mm-hmm. Everything else is gravy after that. Partly right. because GMs don't last more than five years. They, so they don't care. They're not looking, 10 12, well, look they're not looking yeah. 10, 12 years, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the mindset is different. Literally, it changed from. Can this guy play left tackle for the next 12, 15 years to, can he get through the first contract? And so we would answer the questions and we would discuss medical, but doing medical evaluations, and this is where people don't understand, it's much more the team physician's role at combines and medical evaluations. And it's not a pass fail because out of 330 guys, 328 of them are going to pass. Right. It's like one, That's two, less than yeah. five that aren't going to pass. Right. Now, there are going to be a lot of guys, look, every year at the combines, inevitably, hopefully it doesn't happen this year, one guy tears his peck or one guy tears his ACL right. on doing drills. And that guy will end up, quote, currently failing his physical, but that doesn't mean they're not draftable. So what I'm saying is not draftable likely to never play football again. That's like the weird heart issue, the spinal stenosis, the this, that, the other. If a guy tore his ACL at Combine, his last workout before Combine, he would technically fail the physicals that day. Right. But that doesn't mean he's not draftable. Look, Jeffrey Simmons failed the physical. He wasn't ready to go when the Titans drafted him and they stashed him for later that season. Right. I mean, and he's been a good, Number one draft pick, he fell down to the later part of the first round, and they. So he's one of the top linemen
2: in the league, Doc. That was a good stash. That's the kind of stuff that, when it works, it works, right?
0: Of the three hundred thirty guys there, there are probably forty to fifty that will get back to recheck medical combines, and you could say all those currently fail a physical, and there's maybe a handful of others that might currently fail a physical. For for, for example, the guy who guys who aren't running because they just recently tweaked their hamstring today or tomorrow or whatever day it comes I technically fail the physical but for the season clearly they don't right so of the three and thirty there's only one two three of those guys that just fail so it's it's the gray areas that you're analyzing. Like Henn Hooker might not even be a fail. I know he towards his ACL well Hennon Hooker is a fail right now. Right. now. Yeah right. at the reach but he's not not yeah. draftable. Right. right. So getting, and sometimes I think we got a little complicated. Five was a fail, but I would then grade five, as in today, arrow to a two, meaning he's pretty good, Mm. or three, some long-term risk, or three L, or this, that. So to be precise, don't get mad at me. He's not coming to training camp, rookie minicamp, two weeks after the draft, and doing anything. Yeah. But projecting for the season. So Hendon Hooker would technically fail the day he mm-hmm. gets the exam. He's not ready to go. right? But he could project to pass. So he's not one of the one or two that's going to fail, but he's one of the 50 or 60 that failed today, the day of. And we try gotcha. and make that clear. But medical opinions aren't always... You know, look, there are some kids that come out of the draft and you said that kid is going to be great. And you just know it. And everyone agrees. Uh, consensus number one picks, things like that. But a lot of times there's question marks. For example, bring up a sore point in our Chargers history. You got to remember when Peyton came out, it was with Ryan Leaf. And now, clearly, Payton was far and away the best choice. And the Chargers had no choice because we picked second. Right. So whatever was left over, whatever right. Indy didn't pick, is who we were going to get. Mm-hmm. But when Payton's name was called, it was not a guarantee consensus nationwide of who the first pick was right. in the draft, right? And we ended up having to take the leftover, whoever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case talent medical evaluation my take home message is medical evaluation is like talent evaluation there's no question you know a guy who runs a 4-3 he runs a 4-3 in terms of talent evaluation but does he have all the other intangible skills the hands to catch a ball or does he want to make tackles or whatever the thing is does he have the the smarts the coverage skills or whatever the, the it is that's talent and and that's the subjective side And I would argue medical is the same. So when we were doing medical, there was sort of a pseudo room consensus because we shared the room with six other teams. It was the Bengals, Jets, uh, Titans, and Jaguars in our room. Um, And, you know, for certain things, there'd be a, a hand guy and they'd take, that opinion or foot and ankle guy or a knee guy and and I wouldn't always agree with what the room said with some subtle differences. You can't say two GMs or certainly not all 32 GMs. Their draft boards aren't the same. Well, the medical evaluations aren't the same either. And uh one of the biggest compliments that we ever got was uh I remember there's we had a guy um Buddy Nix who was an assistant GM and he was great. He like we'd meet with him right after the day and he wouldn't even have a piece of paper. Tell me about so-and-so tell me about so-and-so tell me about the ankle of huh. so-and-so. I mean, well, I mean, it's his yeah, job. Yeah. So, you know, and I'd have to look at the piece of paper and say, well, this, because <laughs> you did a million of them. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, one time he came up to our head trainer, head athletic trainer and I and said, well, guys, we're headed out there again. You know, you guys do a great job. He goes, you know, all my he's got his Tennessee southern accent. All my friends, I won't try and do it, tell me like you are the luckiest drafter and evaluator in the world. And I keep telling them it's not luck. You know, so they keep taking chances on these guys and they keep working out. Tell it's not luck. It's our guys saying that. This is how we project them. They may fail a physical today, or we're not worried about that injury, but some other teams are, and they drop fall to us. It right. doesn't always work that way, but uh, as we get close to the draft, we'll tell some of the stories. But my take-home point is the reason why 32 teams send all their people and they don't send all their coaches is – the medical evaluation is not all exactly the same, although it's changing. They're bringing some specialists into the rooms and it's becoming more of a group think, I think, and especially with sponsorship deals and docs coming in. But the old school guys, I mean, I relied on what I thought. If the whole room said I was wrong, I'd still voice my opinion on what it what it was. And, and uh, so medical's not all the same. And this is why you could also have trades where one team will sign and one team won't because for this amount of money we'll take that medical risk but for this amount of money we won't right it's not black and white so to speak lots of shades of gray and that's where so that's why you need 32 medical staffs there i mean if my team ever told me look i didn't like going to indy but I thought it was a necessary part of the job, and I could argue that's more important than Sundays. I mean, okay, great, you console the guy and told him he tore his ACL in the field, but you didn't change the outcome of the game. He right. tore his right. ACL one way or the other. I like getting players back and changing the game. Uh, sure, we change the game for next year by fixing his ACL, but for that, I would argue that combines are more important than Sundays. And if a team told me as a doctor, we don't need you, I would probably, uh, to go to Combines, after I said, hip, hip, hooray, (laughs) cool, I'd say, wow, they don't really respect my opinion. Yeah, They don't need me, they just take a, a group opinion. And by the way, we did check my opinion against, we traded grades with a couple teams, and looked at reasons and, and sometimes there were some differences and I'd talk to some guys on the side and say, what do you think? This is what I'm thinking. And sometimes I'd change my mind, sometimes I wouldn't. But that's how fluid and flexible the, the combined Medical Exam is and that's why it remains very, very important. And look, we do okay by video from afar, but there is zero substitute for in-person, hands-on exam, looking at MRI scans and the whole things. Like we're doing some draft grade evaluations uh, from afar here. And if any team looks at our stuff, I would say it's completely ridiculous. Yeah. Because you got to examine the guy. But mm-hmm. for the general public, they never get to hear that stuff, so. who never gets to look at that information right. or get the direct report from the doctor, we hope our information is helpful. The Justin Ross, the Nicobe Dean, this, that, the other. Yeah. That's what we try and do. But there's no substitute. Like, nobody's looking at our reports who's in the league. That's ridiculous. Ah, Look, when I was in the league, I didn't look at any media reports, and you wouldn't expect it. You're going to get to see them. Like, the famous example we had, blanking on his name now, Taylor will remember, Notre Dame linebacker Jalen Smith.
2: Oh, yep, Dallas Cowboy, great, yep. Dallas Cowboy, great.
0: We weren't even, quote, covering college football at the time. You were at the Tribune, though. I believe you wrote something
2: at the Tribune on him.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. I remember I was skiing with the Littles, and it was New Year's because it was a bowl game. Right. And I looked at my phone, and I went, that's really bad. That's a multi-ligament. And all I said was something in general, you know, uh, about being multi-ligament. And then I remember from his agent, all these other... And I said, I hope the nerve is okay. That's what I said in real time. Right. And then I saw um, the agent say, he's fine. He had a surgery, he's fine. He's got no nerve issues, he's fine. And yeah, it's multi-ligament, but he's fine. It's the agent's job, yeah. it's okay. But then the agent said, the doctor looked at the nerve and it was fine. And I went, what? <laughs> I mean, that's like your... Uh, contractor saying I dug up the gas lines in your front yard and they look fine. They're not leaking. Why did you dig it up? Yeah, you I mean, never expose yeah. a nerve like that a perineal nerve like that in surgery. Yeah, That it looked if fine. If you don't have to. If right. you don't have to. If you're not looking for something.
2: So there's obviously words, right? Uh,
0: well, there obviously was something there. Now yeah. I didn't write anything or say anything at that point in time. But then Jalen Smith There was a famous video, I think it was five or six weeks after his surgery. He filmed himself walking into the weight room where someone filmed him. And he said, look, I got my knee brace off. I'm doing great. And I thought it was fair game because he posted the video. But my response was, well, what about that AFO on your foot that proves that you have a foot drop on a nerve. I mean, you know, essentially is what I said. Yeah. You can dig up the tweet is years ago. And I remember at Combine press conference a new york post reporter said i felt bad about this he said the kid said he's fine he's fine he's fine he goes he goes well dr david chow former nfl team physician <laughs> says you have a foot drop because of the afl <laughs> <laughs> and, and i remember there was an article written that by him posting the video my commenting on it in the video cost him millions of dollars in draft position because he was told said by bill poland to be a generational linebacker right. top five he, he was okay and i would argue that i didn't cost him a penny because all the doctors in the room were going to see him the next day yeah. and examine his foot drop you think they're going to miss that they're yeah. not going to miss that and so <laughs> they don't need to rely like maybe if someone was reading media stuff i told them a day earlier But they weren't going to believe me. They're going to look themselves. So I maintain I didn't cost him a penny. I may have told the public earlier, but it didn't cost him a penny. There's no way that changed anyone's opinion. It didn't cost him any money. Now, I didn't feel bad about it because he posted his own video. Now, I will admit there's been times, including this recent Super Bowl. I remember the one in Miami, too. Where I saw something in person on Radio Row when athletes were coming through, but I've never reported on it. I mean, I remember meeting Tua and his family as he was leaving Radio Row in Miami and him walking across the street. And I remember saying, "Oh, this is an interesting video scene and walking and said, like, But that's so unfair. Yeah. I mean, to, to to like spy on somebody. You know what I mean, it's like I can't even go there, right? But Jalen Smith, he published it on social media, which and it showed the AFO. Right. So I thought, well, now that's fair. But it didn't cost him any money, yeah. and in the end, he still got paid the Cowboys. He was a top second round pick yeah to
2: use like the second pick in the second round i have a question and, on that though doc um right, right i don't know if we right, interrupt yeah. you um those kind of things i um how does uh how does the doctor get overridden? is it um some on um, rooms the gm is obviously more his voice like our owner jones is more uh voice because like you're saying a doctor wouldn't miss that there's no possible way he should have gone second pick in the in the second round, right? Especially well, there's the- a lot of
0: things there that that, that factored into that. Um, the doctor who did the surgery was the Cowboys' doctor, right? So the Cowboys thought they knew more than others. Um, I was pretty convinced that foot drop was going to linger and get, was going to be a problem. Um, I think the rest of NFL doctors agreed, but it only takes one, and right. they right. they thought the generational talent was worth it. Now, I am not panning Jerry Jones, and I'm not panning that doctor either. But the reality is he didn't play the first year. The second year, he was terrible. The third year, he created a lot of buzz by filling an A-gap and really hustling and being a high-motor guy. uh, And he got a contract extension. And by the fourth year, everyone in cowboy land knows that he couldn't cover in space, right? right? Right. Because he couldn't change direction. And then he's been around. He's over – he's – overachieved based on his injury. I mean, I think it's a shame. So I'm not bashing Jalen I Smith I think he's a good all. tackler,
2: right? He's a good tackler. Like, you look at his stats. He he's gets a great, started, like, great like, athlete. I believe he's Bill
0: cool Polian tackler. that absent this knee injury and foot drop, he was a generational linebacker. Was, I believe yeah, it.
2: Absolutely.
0: And the fact that he still made some money and was a solid NFL player for a little bit, he overachieved based on that injury. He's right. done great. I mean... Was he a second-round draft pick? Clearly not. But here's the thing. That was the same draft they got Dak Prescott in the fourth round. If you got Dak Prescott, second pick of the second round, and Jalen Smith in the fourth round, would you be mad at that draft? No, it looks a lot better. No. That way. <laughs> right? you got to judge it as a whole. Yeah. In isolation, okay, they reached a little bit on Jalen Smith, but that was still a good draft. I mean, way around, if you were to off- juxtapose Dak da- da- to second, and fo- you'd be, okay, that's fine. You yeah. know, we did good. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I try not to to get into the fa- fan train and overreacting to some of this stuff. As I always say, if if a team does something, no team does anything that doesn't make sense. In retrospect, it may not work out. But no team goes in saying, "Let's go make a stupid decision today." If it looks <laughs> like a stupid, a limb, yeah. <laughs> if it looks like a stupid decision from the outside, it just means you didn't have all the facts that they had at the time. That doesn't mean it. Their decision will work out or not work out. But no team. I mean. They've got nothing but free time to talk about every minutia of every maneuver. And I guarantee you, they relied on the doctor's optimism for a return to say, let's go get this generational talent. And in the end, it's fine. I mean, it, it is what it is.
1: I got two more questions for you, Doc. Uh, doing all these lists, and kind of the news that leaks out right before combine, the guys aren't, that aren't going to participate because of injuries. One that I'm surprised isn't uh, isn't a huge concern in your mind is uh, Dalton Kincaid. The Utah tight end that has the uh, the back fracture and he's not going to work out of combine. We uh, looked, went back and looked at video. What did
0: uh, what did you see from that one? Yeah, we're still publishing all the stuff at Sports Injury Central, and I have some optimism. Look, you get scared by a back fracture, no question. Now I got to hand it to the kid; he played the next week. Yeah, mm-hmm. but as we look at video. This likely was a slight compression fracture. Now I like how the agent spin and people say it was a small back fracture. <laughs> it's only small when it's not your back, right? No such thing. Right? I wouldn't <laughs> want it. <laughs> but there are different types of back fractures that are concerning. This one's not. Okay. This was how he fell. And assuming there's no surprises, I don't see him dropping at all. He's projected
2: to be a top fifteen, top twenty pick. Jeremiah's recent mock draft has him fifteen at the Packers. So, I mean, if you don't think all I'm so, saying is
0: medically he will not drop for this.
2: So I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring right. my betting stuff into this. I know I always do. I have a huge concern. <laughs> we yeah, yeah, I, of course. I have a <laughs> huge concern. You can so obviously you can bet on over under which round people are drafted in, and with our information, it's very useful because more a lot of the information books use are the mock drafts and stuff there's not much information out there so a big player i um, i have issue with are you do as well uh, daniel jeremiah has him as the, num- the number one defensive end coming off the board tyree wilson he just he was released that he had um the right foot fracture he is yeah, only jobless. doing bench press yeah. at the combine right now if you can the line isn't up yet if there's if he's still protected to be a top 10 pick I'm looking at stuff that we've written. You said he could possibly drop more, right? So this is a huge betting opportunity if you can get a certain line here.
0: Well, the assumption based on what we know is that Tyree has a Jones fracture in his right foot and had surgery. Mm-hmm. It's a three to four month timeline, which is about now. It makes sense that he'll bench press, but not do drills. Why not take the extra time to for a pro day? Uh, In the end, 85% of the time, Jones fractures heal without issue. 15% there's further issues. And yes, there's a tendency for the other side to act up at some point in their career. So I'm not saying that he's not draftable. uh, But depending on what the medicals show, they want to see solid healing. And um, here's the thing. I fully expect, look, you got to understand how information flow works too. I'm really glad that the NFL has tried to clamp down on leaking uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 tests on quarterback uh, the
1: Wonderlic the test? Wonderlic test yeah. results.
0: Yeah. I'm really glad that they. First of all, that's not strictly intelligence, but it just it's just a bad luck to be leaking some of this stuff. So I'm glad yeah. they're not leaking that stuff anymore. But let me tell you, um, I fully expect. Tyree's agent, and I don't even know who the agent is, to put out there that his foot checked out fine, there's no issues at Combine's. I mean, bookmark this, okay? I fully expect it. And if it really did check out fine, I expect it to be screened from the mountaintops. Uh, If it didn't check out fine, I expect it to say, uh, teams have no worries about his foot. Okay. I mean, that's just the way the information flow works. Yeah. Now, in the end, I laugh because our team would never be influenced by any of those reports. I mean, it doesn't matter. Right. But um, it's just some of the jockeying and positioning that that teams do. So I think you have to check, uh, okay. I'd say, on Tyree. I'm not saying he's not draftable uh, at all because even if it's not healed, you can do another surgery and get it to heal. But I think it's a uh, slow down and make sure he's okay before you draft him that high, right. uh, et cetera. Um, but right. they're pro days at the end of the month. So gives them an extra. Cause he just
2: week, said he started ramping up still. two weeks before, two weeks before this uh, combine. Well, so he's like not he said ready. three to four
0: months recovery. And we're about in that window right now. So yeah, it makes sense that he's just ramped up recently. Uh, we don't have an issue or a problem with that.
1: Sounds around the topic pro days. I just had uh, one more thing. It kind of leaks out that. Uh, some of the quarterbacks don't throw at pro at uh, the combine. Why is that? Or why do they prefer to throw at pro days over the combine? I don't know if it's medical based, but well, it seems like that's changed over time, right?
0: The history has been, you can talk to agents rather than me, uh, that the, quarterbacks that are guaranteed number 1 or the best picks don't throw. They're like, why? Why right. you no you can't go you can't raise your stock, yeah. you can only lower it. Why yeah. are you going to do this? Right. right? I mean, I mean, why place a bet if you can't win any more money, you can only lose money? I mean, why? Yeah. Uh so they just but they have to throw, so they do it at their pro day when it's controlled. And guess what? They throw to receivers they're used to throwing to. And there's no like like. wrong routes and this, that, the other. And, you know, it's scripted and, you know, it's just comfort and the the whole thing. A lot of times we used to ask guys, oh, you're not running uh, hamstring. And, And to save myself time, I'd say is this an agent hamstring or do you really have one? <laughs> Cause if you really have one. Okay. Let me check it out. <laughs> if it's an agent right. hamstring, I mean, you just choosing not to run right now, that's fine. And just, let's just move on. So a lot of times that, that does happen. And it is really a meat market with a lot of people coming through. So, I mean, look, four days, you're examining 330 people. I mean, your head is spinning by the time you're done with this. And, I hate to say this, but most of the times I end up examining a kid, I wouldn't necessarily know his name. I mean, it was okay. This is what he has. This is the thing, and you give a grade, and it'd be tight in twelve, tight in twelve, right? Yeah, t- yeah. yeah. T- you know. Yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of bad. It's dehumanizing, but yeah. And and the other thing that we would have is, and the guys in the room would start to give me grief about it. And this would actually be good reconnaissance we had a list of about 50 60 people that i would say were dotted because we'd get the entire list and if there's and we had one athletic trainer who was at the table whose job was to make sure that if a dotted guy came up to the table to be presented that i made sure i went hands-on and you know fine-tooth comb the deal the others i i, I wouldn't necessarily because they present guys. I don't always touch every guy, depending, you know, if there's something to look at, but the dotted guys, I always would. So the guys in the room would say, Oh, San Diego's, of course we were in San Diego time. San Diego's interested in this kid, you know, (laughs) cause I would make sure to, you know, I'd say, well, maybe I'm just interested in this knee, you know, (laughs) but teams already know there were 50 or 60 that we were primarily targeting. Right.
1: Uh, one more that, uh, you had an interesting thing on, uh, Jackson Smith-Najiba from uh, Ohio State. He had the hamstring issues last year. I think he had an interesting point that it combines the real test of his flexibility and if he's done that off-season work to prevent future hamstring injuries. I didn't I didn't know that there was a way to prevent that or, I mean, it makes sense. There's a way to help it. There's a way to yeah. help it. Yeah. No one no one really saw him last year because of those three
0: re-aggravations. There, there are a lot of things where people are set up for problems. I mean, to be overly simplistic, someone with valgus or knock-kneed with a lateral meniscus tear, mm, not good. Mm -hmm. Offensive lineman with a low back, not good. Spondy, not good. Chronic hamstrings in an overly tight, not flexible guy, high chance. And this is just school of hard knocks, and I'm not trying to go through the whole list, but there's almost a feel of, can this guy are his re-injury risk, et cetera. And I think that's where hands-on is going to be important for this kid from Ohio State. Assuming he's flexible and he's past his hamstring issues and he does well at his pro day, I see no issue with him. But if he's wound tight and you know this, that, the other, and perhaps doesn't do well, he may drop with some chronic hamstring issues. So this is where hands-on is better than what we're doing. We're just right. pointing out some different viewpoints from... Being in the room when it happened, from from having literally done these exams and reported to teams, and and also seeing what other team doctors liked and, and didn't like. Yes, combine's the most important thing, but let's the medical's the most important thing, but let's not get too over important. Out of the three hundred thirty right. guys, look, if you're a grade one, two, or three, let me tell you what the uh, GMs thought of it. Nothing, because they don't see a <laughs> yellow M or a red M or a yellow or red dot on that card. That grade is the same. You can grade them a 2.5 all you want or 3. They don't care, okay? <laughs> <laughs> they just said they passed their physical. And, so it, even yeah. though we're documenting and we're doing all this stuff and doing our due diligence, let's not get too full of ourselves in terms of how important we are in the process. Yeah. And, look, if a GM wants a guy, I don't care what the grade is. He's going to take him. I don't care if there's a – yellow dot for medical on it or even a red dot for right now they're going to take them they're the ones making the big dollars all all we're doing is giving them hints about what their medical status is and also quite honestly not to get uh not to get fired when if if there is a medical issue uh uh I'll, I'll, the the one year where they came to us a lot and i've told this story before we didn't even have Antonio Cromartie dotted, but because of his ACL, he was falling to mid late first to us. He was a top 10 pick and he said, okay, he's fine. And they kept coming back to me. Is he fine? And I'm like, he's fine. I don't know what else to say. I'm at the children's table. I mean, he's not fine today, but he will be fine. Right. And the third time the GM came back, it was right before the pick and I looked at the head athletic trainer next to me at the kid's table. At the time, it wasn't computerized. It was folders and books. I said, "I said, does he realize the, the first time he came to me, I told him everything I know about this kid that was written on this piece of paper? Like, unless there's reappearing ink, <laughs> there's nothing new I'm going to find. Yeah. I don't remember who this kid is. I'm going by the notes that we took here yeah. on him. And he wasn't even dotted. So we looked at anyways. So he laughed, whatever. And we ended up taking him. And uh, we've talked about it with Marcus McNeil on the podcast here. Marcus McNeil was who we were targeting in the first round. And he dropped because of low back issues. And they actually came back. A lot of years they said nothing to us in the draft room the whole time. So let's not get too crazy yeah. here. But that year they came up twice. And Marcus McNeil kept dropping. So they got nervous. Is Marcus McNeil okay? Because he's they're saying on TV he's dropping because of his back. And I'm like, well, he's just a rehab issue. I'm looking at... James Collins, our head athletic trainer. I'm not worried. Are you? He goes, no. It's just a rehab issue. So then they get him, and they're high-fiving in the room. And A.J. Smith is pretty stoic, although I had a great relationship with him. They're high-fiving in the room because they got basically two first-round draft picks. If Cromartie didn't fall, Marcus McGill would have been our first-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. And that's why I joke with Marcus that Crow owes you some money. <laughs> he, he took some of your first-round money. But in any case... I still remember we're still sitting there and and I don't dare get up and high five anybody or whatever. I'm sitting at the kids table in the corner, a little two top. They've got this big dining room table type thing, <laughs> conference room table, like we're in front of here. And AJ Smith, I still remember saunters up and looks at James Collins and I and goes, well, men, it's all on you now. Cause he drafted two guys with injuries. And I remember looking at AJ and saying, I understand I, if either one of these guys don't work out, that I'm fired. But if they both do, do I get a raise? <laughs> and he just looked, question. And he just looked at me and chuckled and walked away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Answer: No. <laughs> <laughs> you get to keep your job. <laughs> yeah, you get to keep That's your the job. prize. That's <laughs> the prize. You get to keep your job. Uh, but anyway, so we would have some fun.
2: I have one last thing. So uh, Byron Jones, he had one of the best combines ever. 2015 jumping, you know, he had the high jump. So he tweeted on February 25th. Much has changed in eight years. He tweeted about the combine. Today I can't run or jump because my injury sustained playing this game. Do not take the pills they give you. Do not take the injections they give you. If you absolutely must, consult an outside doctor to learn about long-term implications. So he was on um, pup to start the year last year due to Achilles injury that he thought would heal before the season even started. He didn't play at all last year. So now he came up with this tweet just to reference the combine. What are your thoughts on that, Doc? I know it's little slightly sensitive, but I think that's pretty... I, I,
0: you know, I'd love to have him on the podcast and talk about the specific issues. Um, look, if what he's describing is correct, I side with him. Um, pills look, this is the biggest fallacy out there. We did not give athletes pain pills. Your reaction time is slowed. You can't play football taking Vicodin, okay? I mean, we did not give pain pills. Was Toradol used? Yes, it still is. Non-narcotic. You can say it's pain. It's an injection, but it's a strong Advil, anti-inflammatories. We studied it. Seems safe in short-term usage. And as a medical staff we weren't handing out to it all people were coming and saying give it to me and then we'd say why and we would talk to them about right. it so I, I that wasn't our experience um let me tell you something it seems if anything that clearly byron jones doesn't have the relationship that i think nfl players need to have with their doctors I'm not saying you can't have outside doctors and your own opinions, but there needs to be a lot of trust back and forth. And here's the way that I always did it. And, and maybe I had a slight advantage because I wasn't some 50, 60 year old guy. I mean, I was in a relative age bracket with them and maybe more relatable, but I considered them my friends. And um i considered my reputation in the locker room of being a player advocate being a very important feature of doing it sure we had our second opinions i mean uh agents would drive it and this that the other and but my point is i decided a long time ago when i did this started doing this job is that look if you're a banker your job is to take care of the money if you're a real estate guy or manager, your job is to take care of the buildings, okay? I'm a team doctor. What are the number one assets of the Chargers? The players. So I needed to take care of the players. I don't care if you're the first pick in the draft and the best player in our team or the worst. My job is to take care of you and get you healthy. If you're the best player on the team, get you healthy so you play we need you and if you're the worst player on the team sometimes yeah. get you healthy so you can get cut so because so we can bring someone else on but i wouldn't make the cut decisions the only time i did stuff against a team i remember time a player a gm saying we got to get rid of this guy when's he healthy so we can cut him might get i was like don't ask me that question again i'm trying to get everyone healthy mm-hmm. Right. And if you tell me, "I side off of this guy and he's going to get cut," it might inadvertently influence my decision making because I feel bad or rush him. Or the, I, I don't need to know any of this. Right. Right. Uh, let me just do my job. I would never, I would always express my opinion honestly, but I felt like my relationship primarily was with the player to be a player advocate. There was two times in my career where the team said, I was telling the team, I think the guy can play through this injury. And the team said, you need to tell him he needs to play. And I said, that's not my job. My job is to say, I think you're healthy enough to play. I don't think you're gonna do any permanent damage if you play. My job is not to tell you to play. So that's your job. The coaches in the front, that's your job to say, we really need you to play. My job is to give the medical opinion. And that's it. And so I I tried to keep the lines clear. I'd really enjoy a conversation with Byron Jones or anybody who is disgruntled into, I feel bad for that situation. Um, Maybe if I heard all the details, I'd agree with him 100% based on what his experience was. Or maybe we'd clear up some misunderstandings of why he feels that way. And I'm not sure why independent is always better anyways. Sometimes these decisions are made pretty quickly before a game, during a game. And to me, you have to have a relationship. And I always thought the time to build a relationship is before the crisis. Like if you sit down and have a training camp meal with somebody or you're on a bus and you sit next to somebody or you're on the sidelines of a walkthrough or in a, in a, uh, on a road trip when there's multiple meals and chances or passing in the hallway, develop relationships with people and develop a little bit of trust in terms of the situation. Look, I knew certain guys. I mean, guys were, I don't say this in a derogatory way at all, uh, if anything positive way. I I remember one player, I won't say whose star, was kind of a mama's boy. And when he was hurt, I would say, do you want me to call your mom (laughs) from the locker room? And he'd say, yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, but he yeah. was tough as nails. Don't but get me wrong. But uh, throw it there and have her. Yeah. I mean, like, like, you know how he's, you know, I mean, where that trust level is. Yeah. I mean, eat, when say, he yeah. was hurt, I, I remember going to his house, his condo, and his mom would be there making him a meal and wanted to, and I do a little house call him, and she made me sit down and eat with them. You know, <laughs> I mean, so I, I knew how he was wired, yeah. you know, and what would make him more comfortable. And and you know, everyone's wired differently. And so I, I think it's a relationship game. Yeah. And yeah. you have to have relationships with people. And for whatever reason, clearly Byron Jones doesn't feel like he had it, which I think is sad. I don't mm-hmm. that's not the way it should be. Yeah. Shouldn't be transactional. Yeah, it seemed very transactional and 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 look, I think it gets harder and harder. You know, this is gonna be the old, you know, when I went to school, it was <laughs> five miles. Uphill both yeah. way through the snow, right? <laughs> yep. To and from school. Yep. But sponsorships are, make it very difficult for a very good doctor to say, no, I really am looking out for you, but they see the banner. They see the hospital name on their practice Jersey. They see the advertising and like, Oh, you're just here for you. And your are right. I mean, I, I get it. It makes it harder right. uh, for current day doctors to do it. Look, I, I don't, know the details yet, but that Chris Maragos lawsuit in a second opinion, 40 some million dollars yeah, for a special team, team guy. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think it's very yeah. difficult nowadays. I mean, look, if you're a super successful orthopedist and you're super busy in your practice and 98% of your income comes from regular patients and not pro athletes, why would you expose yourself and a family to that risk? Why would you do that job anymore? takes a lot of time and, and, and then expose yourself potentially to $40 million of risk. No one has that much medical malpractice insurance. Why would you? But if you're a guy who's trying to make a name for yourself, maybe you would. Right. So I, I think it's a difficult situation right now for medical. And, and I think you guys know I've always been viewed as a player advocate, I think, more than even a team advocate, but I think you can walk the line of both in terms of what it would be. Uh, I I didn't mean to get off the topic related to combines, but yeah, I I think, you know, I don't know if anyone knows Byron Jones. I don't know him. I'd love to have him on the podcast. I I don't think he'll do it while he's still in the league, but, you know, um, I'd love to hear his opinion as to why and what went wrong in his case and what specific pills he's talking about and so forth there's no question in my mind that football is a brutal sport it is not a contact sport it is a collision sport basketball is a contact sport football is a collision sport so I, i'm not sure byron jones and his injuries and what he's talking about but i feel for him
1: that's what that's all the uh, draft questions i had if you want more uh, draft content throughout the uh combine leading up to the draft. You can head to the website. We'll have an NFL draft guide there. It should be on the uh, college football page too, so you can find it there. Also, along with the, the LeBron stuff we didn't get to, but it, it'll still be a story next week. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, his planner fascia. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the other thing that I think what we continue trying to do. Now, I get it. You see pro football doc, And What does this guy know about basketball? I don't know. I, I, I worked with the Bulls. I worked with the Timberwolves. I've covered basketball. I don't have two decades as a head NBA team physician. That's why I say pro football doc. I try, you know, uh, not to, you know, uh, exaggerate credentials. But I've worked with NBA players. LeBron seems to me has a plantar fascia injury, and and I saw the social media. Oh, he's fine. He's faking after the game, limping because he finished the game. Once again, just because you finished a game doesn't mean you weren't injured. And plantar fascia rupture, which hasn't been officially confirmed yet, but based on all our peripheral information from the outside, seems to be the case. He's going to be a couple weeks here before he can get back to it. And we'll we'll keep giving our insights as much as we can. Look, uh, Joe Musgrove, I mean, local San Diego, We, I mean, we're kind of proud of the fact that we kind of took the words out of Bob Melvin's mouth before Bob Melvin spoke on the toe and what it was and what it means and timeline. And so we'll keep doing that. And uh, the Sick Insights, you guys have been doing a great job on on, on giving quick twitch the uh, latest information on people. And, you know, as you watch uh, Steph Curry creek back and uh, Kevin Durant return and basketball, baseball, and and even football as we keep talking, you know, like Brock Purdy. I mean, now you hear the whispers. Remember at Super Bowl, I said QB conundrum, this is a big deal. There's no guarantee he's ready. How can you, you know, say this about Rock Purdy? Now the great Mike Silver says it would be silly if the 49ers shouldn't don't at least call Tom Brady. Right? right, Because of their situation and and what it is, so I think it's coming. And then I and I did see on his list of potential people, he did throw in Matt Ryan, which we said. <laughs> that, that one we're just guessing on based on relationships, but yeah. but the bottom line is there's no guarantee Brock Purdy is ready, and therefore they got to have a contingency plan, right. So that's the kind of stuff that we try and do uh, with injury analysis. All right, guys, anything else? I had. Didn't mean to ram- ramble. No, good stuff. Um, Sorry uh, about the poor guest this week. <laughs> um, all fun and good. Hopefully you guys enjoy this because uh, to me it was just a conversation between Jacob, Taylor, and I, and I guess that's what I'm told podcasts are about. Uh, so away we go. Lots more information. We'll see about next week's guest. Joe Thomas said he would come on, but it's a matter of scheduling. We've got Dan Orlowski said we couldn't work out the scheduling this week. We'll get him on. Evan Silva we mentioned. So we got a long list. And if you have other suggestions, let us know. And if anyone knows Byron Jones, or want to reach out, or Byron Jones agent, I'd love to have him on and let him give free mic about what his specific complaints on and and to uh, to talk it through. And uh, we're supposed to get Von Miller on. Yeah, uh, that's not the other. Uh, All right. Thanks for watching and listening. Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central Podcast. And we'll catch you next week. That's it for the Combine version.